Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Best Ever or Guilty Pleasure podcast. I hope you enjoyed the special Halloween month edition the past five weeks. Uh, we're back in business as usual today. Uh, today, we will be, we are watching a movie that has a special date involved. Uh, we will be watching V for Vendetta. Released in 2005, it was one of the many dystopian futuristic films of the early 2000s, like Equilibrium, Minority Report, uh, The Matrix sequels, iRobot, Children of Men, and I Am Legend. It is one of the better ones, with a 73% critic score and a 90% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. I enjoyed watching most of these movies, and but this one really stood out to me. Set in near-future Britain, uh, this the country is run by a fascist government. There exists the typical emblems of fascism, increased police presence, no freedom of speech whatsoever, and mass incarceration of those deemed enemies of the state. Uh, there is activism, but it is shut down quickly, and there's even a special police that's built specifically to do that. V is a masked vigilante who starts to press against the government and takes a young uh, takes a young child of activists under his wing. It all culminates on Guy Fawkes Night, November fifth, where V attempts to overthrow the government once and for all. It's based on a graphic novel by Alan Moore. Uh, I read the graphic novel in anticipation of this, uh, and I will mention it throughout. So spoilers for that as well. Uh, I highly recommend it. Alan's, Alan Moore's work has been turned into movies uh, previous to this one with uh, From Hell and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, both of which did not do very well. Uh, because of that, he decided to step away from this pro project in particular. Uh, he was also very critical of it after it came out, saying that it should have been set in America, not like Britain, like the original work. Uh, the V from the original graphic novel stood for anarchy, and the one in this movie stands for freedom. Uh, and we'll talk more about that later and what his criticisms actually mean and my interpretation of that. So I remember this movie being very good. Uh, it remains one of the best examples of dystopian future uh, movies, and I expect good things out of watching it. Uh, also, I have to admit, I had a major crush on Natalie Portman at the time, uh, so that definitely helped. Uh, the acting in this movie was fantastic, with Hugo Weaving providing the perfect voice for the masked V. Uh, you couldn't see the emotion behind the mask, but you can certainly hear it when Hugo Weaving does the voice. Natalie Portman also did an amazing job with Evie's dramatic transformation from a uh, kind of a watcher to a doer uh, at the hands of V. John Hurt plays an excellent dictator, Adam Sutler, and Stephen Fry plays a character that was uh, very important in this movie, uh, but v also very different from the graphic novel version. I've seen this movie a few times, most of the time around the 5th of November, uh, and it's no coincidence that I'm releasing this on November 6th, uh, the day after the 5th of November. Uh, it's all due to the famous quote, uh, Remember, remember, the 5th of November, gunpowder, treason, and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. This is in reference to a failed plot to kill King James I by blowing up the House of Lord on November 5th, 1605. Uh, Guy Fawkes, whose face was the inspiration for V's mask, uh, was in charge of the explosives. The plot was created in an attempt to end Catholic persecution in England. 
It was a pretty grand example of anarchy as activism and served as inspiration for the original story. Next up, I will watch the movie. I will take notes and on what I see and report back in a bit. I will be take, talking in detail about the movie and the graphic novel, so spoilers ahead. Um, the question I will be trying to answer is, was this movie the best ever, or is it just a guilty pleasure? Let's watch and find out. And we're back. I am so happy that I watched this movie again. I have a feeling the discussion is going to get a little heavy, uh, so fair warning on that. First, let's talk about the movie itself. I feel like it holds up pretty well, considering the time that it was filmed. There are some things that date it, like V's TV being a big CRT and the cell phones that are present. But since it's set in the future, technically uh, past since uh, actually I believe it's supposed to uh, be set in 2020, um, the futuristic setting serves it pretty well. Because uh, it was set in 2020, watching it now is um, pretty apt. The mention of the virus that is causing quarantine is a especially relevant today. Taken by itself, not comparing it to the graphic novel, the movie is really good. It's good versus evil, where the good side is uh, a bit smudged. Uh, v represents the idea of anarchy, causing disorder as a means to oppose the government. It, as a political ideal, it's a complete freedom of the individual. V means to make that happen by destroying the very seat of government, Parliament. He also sets out to destroy the means by which the current government came to power. In the movie, the government is led by Adam Sutler, the leader of the conservative Norsefire party. Uh, side note, I feel like it would be kind of difficult for a person with conservative ideals to really fully enjoy this movie. So just side note. Sutler, uh, along with several party members, uh, sought to find a way to trick the populace into voting him into power. It, in comes Larkhill, which was created to produce a deadly virus along with a cure. V was subjected to testing and was found to have the cure to the virus in his blood. Larkhill was destroyed and V managed to escape. Creedy, part of the Norse, Norsefire party, suggested that instead of attacking a foreign enemy with this biological weapon, the attack should be on British soil in an effort to sow fear that could be assuaged by Sutler and the rest of the party. The Norsefire party attacked multiple sites, including uh, the underground and uh, St. Mary's School. Um, the virus became known as the St. Mary's virus. And after it was released, the Norse Fire Party also releases The Cure, which was taken from V's blood, in an effort to sway the public in their favor. It works, and Sutler becomes the Chancellor. The rest is history. The Norse Fire Party shows uh, its fascist colors and implements lockdowns, arrests, and tortures those who are not in line with their beliefs, um, such as minorities and homosexuals, and plunges England into a terrible fascist hellhole. Uh, all in the name of strength through unity, unity through faith. V takes several years to recover and uh, plot his revenge and overthrow the government. At one point, that the clearing of the underground tunnel and laying tracks, uh, the one that they used to go straight to Parliament, took him ten years to do. There are several differences between the graphic novel and the movie. 
I read the graphic novel for the first time in anticipation of watching this movie again. Keep in mind, uh, the creator of the comic was very critical of this adaptation. He distanced, distanced himself from the beginning, even declining the created by credit. After it came out, he was critical of the adaptation and translation of his original work. Controversial opinion here, but I feel like the Wachowskis did a good job. Um, and by the way, I didn't mention this earlier, but this was directed by the Wachowski brothers, the same uh, two brothers who did uh, the uh, uh, Matrix movies. Sure, there were some changes that you could chalk up to Hollywood, but I feel like the essence of the original is present. I am less likely to criticize film adaptations of books because, to be honest, they are difficult to do. Uh, it's common to say the book was better than the movie. People say that all the time, but that dismisses the difficulty of translating a book into a visual medium of film. Sure, graphic novels could present an easier pathway, but the challenge is still there. Uh, the big change is in the character of Finch, or one of the big changes. In the movie, he is almost sympathetic to V once he starts to learn more about why he is doing what uh, what he's done. And in the end, he actually just lets Evie do what she wants to do and then walks off with her. In the book, he is more complacent and ultimately ends up being the one to kill V, not at Creedy, like in this movie. This was done to make V uh, more of a morally ambiguous character and leave the decision of who to side with up to the reader, because in the end, he's killed by the, uh, the detective who's trying to stop him from the very beginning. Uh, Dietrich uh, is also a major change from the book. Uh, in the book, he is more sympathetic uh, to the Norse Fire Party as well, and is pretty greasy and kind of morally corrupt. Uh, in, in the book, he and the 15-year-old Evie have a relationship. Uh, Stephen Fry wanted the changes to his character, so he wanted to show just how evil fascism could be. Uh, he ends up being, you know, somewhat of a, a, a martyr, and, and the big change of his character is that he is a hidden homosexual and is only in a relationship with Evie to kind of keep up, of a, keep up appearances. Uh, Evie was also very different in the book than in the movie. Uh, in the book, she was, as I mentioned before, 15 years old, but she's also a prostitute, and that was completely written out of the movie. Uh, she was also less impactful, I guess, than in the movie. Uh, she was really just kind of served as a means for the readers to insert themselves into the story. The movie has a much more capable Evie, who eventually is the one who decides to blow up Parliament. V is mostly the same, but is a lot more light in this movie. Uh, he makes breakfast for Evie, he dances, watches uh, movies, and uh, he actually ends up kind of having a love story with Evie, and that's all made up for the movie. Uh, he is still capable of doing what he needs to do, killing, and his revenge plot is still there, and it's still based in anarchy. Alan Moore criticized the movie for changing his original anarchy versus fascism story into a, an American neoliberalism versus American neoconservatism story. Uh, he even said that it should have been set in the U.S. versus being set in Britain. Uh, the idea is based uh, on this movie being a commentary of Bush and his policies. 
while I can see where he's coming from, definitely, considering how politically liberal the Wachowskis are, uh, I feel like Moore's criticism is a bit unfair. Because I still see anarchy versus fascism all over this movie. Norse Fire is still there and still very fascist. And yes, they are conservative, uh, but they're definitely not um, too different from what Moore had in his original book. V is still sowing anarchy, and I honestly feel like the one major change, uh, there's one major change in this movie that makes it uh, kind of a bit better. Uh, nearing November 5th, V sends out, sends out fox masks to, and robes to hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, the idea is, is that they, the populace should use the mask, which represents the idea of anarchy against the government, standing up against the government, the individual being in power, not the government. The little girl who we see throughout the movie, she's using the mask, and then she gets killed by one of the fingermen, uh, one of Creedy's secret police, which sparks riots. Moore's original idea about the people rising up against the fascist government is just an idea in the book, but in the movie, it actually happens. That's why Evie was like she is, um, to have the audience kind of put themselves into the story and kind of have them be the, the, the thought process that goes through with them saying, yes, we will stand up to the government, or in this particular case, you know, with V. That's why V wore the mask. He represented anarchy, not the person behind the mask. Uh, the movie took that one step further and actually had a populace that rose up. The movie ended with the mass of people being uh, there outside of parliament. It's kind of it's still ambiguous and still leaves what happens next up to the audience. I feel like the movie wraps things up a bit nicer than the graphic novel. Before I go further, let me say that I've kind of mentioned the differences between the graphic novel and the movie. I still feel like the graphic novel is fantastic. I'm not, I'm not saying it isn't. I am, I am not saying that one is better than the other. I'm just responding to the criticism that Alan Moore, the creator of the comic, had against the movie. I said it before, the movie is really great on its own. Uh, it really stands up to the multitude of dystopian future movies that exist and, ex and started coming out around this time. Uh, the story is mostly complete, with the ending being the only kind of ambiguous thing for what happens next. Uh, it's a story about a person who represents an idea, and he blames the populace for what happens, which is a big thing that I think actually Alan Moore did kind of criticized the movie for, uh, that it was, um, that he feels like in his original graphic novel that he blames the populace for what they did, but there's definitely that scene where V is talking to the populace through the video, and he says it's their fault, but now let's fix it. Uh, he gives them the opportunity to make that right. Uh, it's a commentary on the political climate when it was made, just as the graphic novel was, and I think that's the big difference between uh, this movie and the graphic novel. The graphic novel was uh, made uh, as a response to Margaret Thatcher's Britain, and the movie, being an American movie but still set in Britain, uh, is a uh, commentary on the Bush administration. I don't think it would have been as impactful or uh, would have made a lot more sense if they would have just kind of kept it as is. Uh, they did kind of inject a little bit of that uh, different political um, concept than before. 
The sad part is that uh, not a lot needed to be changed to make it fit from the original. And watching it now, uh, it still fits pretty well. Uh, movies as social commentary is not a new thing. Uh, some movies do it right, others do it really wrong. Uh, the movie that does it wrong that comes to mind is the M. Night Shyamalan movie, The Happening. Uh, it was endlessly panned for its heavy-handed criticism on climate change. Uh, but V for Vendetta, I think, does a great job in its social commentary, even if it, I guess it sort of changes from the original. The movie is really intense, if you think about it. Uh, a lot happens in a short period of time. Uh, the movie itself is two hours and some change, but it, it's not short, but it really kind of feels like it because a lot happens and it moves quickly. Uh, the story itself takes place within a year, and it's an eventful year. Uh, Evie, for instance, has time to be kidnapped by V originally, uh, help him kill the priest, get taken again, tortured by V, uh, come to terms with that, and then go out and live on her own, then come back in time to blow up Parliament. Her character development is accelerated, but believable. Uh, in the book, she has similar things that happen to her, but they don't have nearly the same effect. I know this is kind of Americanized and, you know, given the Hollywood treatment, but, uh, you know, I like the EV that's a bit more capable. Uh, v is able to kill lots of prominent individuals during that time period, like the Voice of London, the Creepy Priest, and even play part in Sutler himself being killed. Uh, side note, uh, the Priest thing was shocking when I first saw it, and is still pretty shocking now. Uh, the assistant that tells the Priest that Evie is older than his usual girls, and with Evie being a young adult, was very creepy, but uh, in the book... It, it, it's done the same way and it, it, she evie is 15 like that's well that's gross but i mean i guess that's obviously the point piecing the story together also uh kind of adds a sort of a detective story aspect to the story which uh, i think actually adds uh more uh layers to it V is a poster child for an anti-hero, so framing his crimes with the seemingly moral detective Finch taps into whole new layers. Uh, v is not really some someone to look up to. Sure, he's humanized by his tragic backstory, and he's still causing a lot of damage and kills many people to do it. Finch is not that guy in the book, but I think changing him into his character from the movie makes things a little bit more palatable. So next week, we will be back with another movie from my past. Please rate and subscribe your favorite podcast on your favorite podcast app and tell a friend. I want to try to get, uh, get more people to listen. Until next time, watch more movies.